Welcome to Haunted by Proxy. I'm Landon. And I'm Joey. And this story is entitled, The Swaying. Some will say this is a myth, but I know that it is real. I have seen the darkness that draws from us our very life and tempts us. I have seen the swaying. But it wasn't always that way. In fact, most know not of what I speak. They sleep soundly, blissfully unaware of the shadows of doom that lie ahead, and so ignorant of the figures that peer back at us from the static, from which dark figures peer back at us in the static. That is where dark figures lie, after all, in the static. But <laughs> I'm getting ahead of myself. Do forgive me for time seems to be ever in short supply. But where to begin? Ah yes, Japan, 1988. With the release of one of the most beloved side-scrolling platform games of all time, Super Mario Bros. 3. With Nintendo, already a household name with the success of the NES and the earlier Mario games, the pressure was on for them to create something truly memorable. The consensus, of course, was that they had succeeded in spades. With new levels, enemies, and power-ups, the world, my brother Engelbert and I included, clamored to get in on the action as soon as possible. The only problem was that the US release of the game wouldn't happen until February of 1990, and it would include something that those in Japan would come to realize they were far better off without. The day the game was finally released in God's country, Engelbert and I rode our Schwinn bikes down to the local mom and pop store, Toys R Us. Yes, we even had baseball cards riffling against the spokes of our bike tires, but only 90s kids will get that. We eagerly purchased it and raced back home with our baseball cards flapping away at our wheels in a way that only 90s kids will be able to comprehend. Tossing our shoes off, we booted up the NES using electricity. Looks like you boys have your summer all planned out, <laughs> our mother teased from the mudroom. We laughed and high-fived. It was only February, so the bitch was just having a little fun at our expense. We were a happy family, my mom, dad, me, Engelbert, and my dad, which is how I knew my mom was making a humorous remark instead of a serious one. Do you boys want anything from the Warner Brothers Studio Store while I'm out? She asked, heading towards the door. We're okay and having fun with this new game. This is your time to have a little me time, Mom, and we love you, said Engelbert. He usually never spoke even one word, so this was strange. But I chalked it up to being because we had game now, and hit start as our mom left. A couple hours flew past in a flash, and before we knew it, Worlds 1-6 through 6 had been crushed. The critics had been right, Mario was good. Then, finishing another can of Surge and fending off any signs of sleepiness, we continued on, and my life would change forever as we entered World 7, Pipeland. Now, anyone with a passing knowledge of Mario lore is familiar with Goombas, whether they know the correct terminology or not. The most common of Mario and Luigi's enemies, a Goomba is short with a small torso, no arms, and a round mushroom-shaped head. The only possible way to describe these creatures 
is that they look exactly like a chestnut person. My brother, having an affinity towards chestnut people, would smile and nod every time a Goomba appeared on screen. He loved to watch them waddle around and try to best the mustachioed hero of the game, Mario Mario. Now, it was common for the Goombas to have a grimacing look about their faces. After all, they were foes of Mr. Mario, not friends. And as was customary of games back then, all enemies looked exactly the same because game engineers only had enough bits to make one face. I know this is true because now, in my late 40s, I own a magazine company that did an article. I felt so stupid for not realizing it earlier on in the game, but in each of the worlds, yes, even Giant Land, one Goomba we came across seemed sadder than the rest. His grimace was deeper, and he moved a little slower, sometimes stopping completely and just staring straight ahead. If Mario aka Mr. Video, moved too close to him, I swear it was like he just moved out of the way for him. Unless you jumped on his head, which would abruptly end the life of the stout bitch. Also, I should have noticed that while Engelbert would display his teeth and nod happily when the normal Goombas waddled by, when this odd Goomba appeared, his eyes would roll back in his head and he would stop breathing for three minutes. In those early hours of our gameplay, I simply chalked that up to his intense fandom, or the dryness of the air, or puberty. Anything to deny the sinking feeling in my stomach that when my kid brother's pupils rolled upwards behind his brow and he ceased respiratory action for three full minutes, it wasn't just because he had sat on a cake fork earlier. It must have something to do with this game. No. I shook the thought away, until Pipeland. The level starts just like you're all familiar with, and like any good plumber, my brother and I got to work laying pipe immediately, taking on wave after wave of blooper nannies, cheap cheeps, and multiple big berthas. And something that we didn't know was actually impossible, a plethora of Goombas. Marching in synchronicity, they appeared on screen in numbers that were unseen until this point, of course, this was the first time we had ever played the game, so nothing about this struck me as particularly odd, but Engelbert was the first to notice. Lancelot, he turned to me in confusion. Yes, little brother, you know you are my best friend. If something ever happened to you... Uh, I know, he said. I laughed. He always knew just what to say. But there was more. The chestnut nans. Why they so... So sad. He started to sob and ran to the bathroom. I could hear him puking. It was so unlike Bert, my nickname for my brother, to have the pukies this early in the year. I looked to the screen and saw exactly what my brother was saying to me. The Goombas all walked in a row, eyes cast down. When they reached Jumpman, they would slowly make their way around him, almost respectfully. What the hell? My dad was always giving me and my brother such a hard time for playing quote-unquote violent video games, but here the sentient shiitake people showed peace and respect. I, I would have shown him right then and there that he had Mario games all wrong, but he wasn't home that day. <laughs> Probably having sex with his secretary again, I thought. My dad slapped her cheeks a lot. I knew because I could hear it over the walkie-talkie he had gotten me for Christmas last year. <laughs> He was a bitch. 
Anyway, when my brother came back into the room after calming down, we stood at attention and saluted, then sat back down. It was pretty weird, little bro, I told him. They do look downtrodden. Yes, quite, he quivered. We played in silence, almost knowing innately that this was only a precursor to what would come next. I threw up Lance. This was what my brother called me due to Lance being short for Lancelot. I know, I said. He liked that I understood. We were about to salute again, and suddenly, ah! Bert screamed so loud that he shit his pants. The Grand Goomba, he screeched. I had no time to prepare my sanity. I looked at the screen to see what I now see every single time I shut my eyes to go to sleep. The Grand Goomba was right there on screen as Mario ran past him, swinging from a pipe. The leader of the chestnut people had killed himself. I couldn't look, but I couldn't look away. His normally brown mushroom head was a deep hue of purple. The eyes of his mushroom head bulged outward. Every blood vessel of the white spheres burst to shit. The pale shaft, usually erect and firm under his dark mushroom head, was now limp and swayed in the wind that swept through Pipeland. The coward's exit, I thought intrusively, then quickly scolded myself. These dark thoughts were not my own, for I knew not what the Mega Goomba dealt with to lead him to eternal release at his own hands. God damn you! I yelled, tears running down my cheeks. I yanked the NES proverbial plug from the proverbial socket, but the game stayed on. I knew then why the other Goombas walked in lockstep head down. It was not a line of soldiers coming to disembowel our leader in red overalls. Before I could say it, a dark, gurgling voice spoke aloud. It's a funeral processional! The otherworldly voice spat forth from my own brother! Fuck! Engelbert's eyes were, you guessed it, rolled back like a freak, and he slumped over on me. God damn you to hell! I shouted even louder just like Terrence Stamp in that surprisingly dark for a kid's movie scene from the Haunted Mansion movie that came out several years later. Even though I had a gimp arm, I was still able to swing it at the TV, knocking it over. If the kids at school could see me now, they wouldn't make fun of me and call me String Bean. The TV screen made a horrible crashing sound. Th -th -th That's all, folks, Engelbert muttered, looking at the wreckage strewn about our feet. Only 1930s kids would get that, I thought to myself, mentally dredging up the report on the history of the Looney Tunes I had written the year prior. I had attached to my paper a hyper-realistic, anatomically correct sketch of a pantsless porky pig, entitled it, Pork Me Piggy. I was made to attend all BD classes from that point on. Maybe Engelbert had read my report, but I wouldn't have time to ask him that directly because at that moment, my dad rushed in the front door, zipping up his trousers. What was that noise? Are you boys all right? Where the hell's your mother? He ran and cradled our heads in his moist armpits. Bert started crying again. She went to buy pretty things, and the latest iteration of Shigeru Miyamoto's video game franchise has permanently scarred my still-developing brain with visions of a godless death. <laughs> my father noticed the empty surge cans, now covered with shards of broken glass, you're killing your brother with this shit, he yelled at me, wide-eyed and bushy-tailed. No, Papa. I rose to meet him like the man I would one day hope to become. He tells the truth, the Grand Goomba. He has revealed to us that life is meaningless. My father's hair turned white that day, 
but just like Steve Martin, no one really questioned it. I don't remember much from the conversation that took place next, deciding to get rid of the game, my father calling Marshall Fields and telling the perfume department to not let my mom buy any smelly flower juice from them today because she had bought us a nasty tech toy, or even piling into his sports car. The next thing I knew, we were back at the toy store, recounting to the twink behind the counter why we would be returning this game post-haste, and wouldn't hear any ifs or buts about it. He eyed us, befuddled by the story we had laid at his feet. But sir, I said no buts, my father demanded. Oh, sorry, he said, pulling his pants up. Now that's a respectable young lad, daddy quipped. But sir, the story you've just laid at my feet, well, you see, golly gee fuck, it just isn't possible. I gasped so sharply that I instantly herniated. But he swung in the breeze, Engelbert managed to eke out. Look, little guy, the thing is that World 7, a.k.a. Pipeland, doesn't have a great Goomba. In fact, he held up the latest issue of Nintendo Power Magazine that he had been fingering quite voraciously when we had entered the shop. There was a screenshot of all the pipe that could be laid in Pipeland, with all the enemies with which you could lay massive pipe on to destroy. But the photo of a Goomba had a big red X through it. Goombas aren't supposed to be in this level at all. He ruffled my brother's hair as he said this, which shook his eyes back to normal as they were very close to rolling back in his head again. We held out our copy of the game and he popped it in. Tastes fine, he said. Then he took it out of his mouth and placed it into the NES behind the counter. He was right. We played through World 7, but the only thing we learned was that this employee was an expert at laying pipe. Not one damned Goomba appeared. I winced instinctively at the screen where we had seen the great Goomba, the great death, the, the swaying, but nothing appeared. After he beat the level, he sighed, eyeing my father. My dad must have been like, fuck you looking at me for? Look, I'll let you return this game because I can tell your kids are pussies, but Toys R Us is a family operated business. We can't take a hit like this all the time. I respected the twink for his honesty, and my dad must have too. Thank you, twink. For that, I will buy another game from you at full price, said my dad, as if he would have gotten a discount otherwise for some reason. We reluctantly picked out Mega Man 3, even though this is anachronistic to actual release dates. Man, Mario Brothers 3 and now Mega Man 3? You guys must like your threesomes, said the employee, and my dad snorted. I wouldn't understand this joke until I was 32 and surprised my then-wife with a trip to Paris, where she angrily said, No, I wanted to do an Eiffel Tower, not go to the Eiffel Tower, you stupid asshole prick. So then we did that, and I cried for days afterwards. Mega Man was fine, but my brother wasn't acting the same. And as I mentioned earlier, I was having visions at night. Two hours before bedtime, like clockwork, Bert would start to look out the window and recite quietly to himself how to make a noose while twisting his fingers into ungodly shapes. Then, in our shared bedroom at night, we would both lie awake, sleepless, as the moonlight sweeping in from the window cast a shadow of the mass swinging from our bedroom ceiling, making the support beams creak and crack, and cause dust from the ceiling to fall on us from overhead. The Goomba swung gently between our beds every night, slowly rotating, his lifeless eyes alternatively glaring at me, 
then Engelbert, then back again, every single night. Now, I know what you're probably thinking, that you believed me, that maybe you've had something inexplicable happen to you that no one else thought you were telling the truth about, but that the master Goomba hanging in my bedroom is just a step too far. How could a video game glitch become real? Maybe you feel the same as my best friends from school who laughed when I told them why I was so sleep deprived every single day. When the teacher would berate me in front of the whole class for dozing off every time she taught the lesson where she showed us how to put a condom over a girthy, throbbing, veiny, swollen banana, my best chums in the whole world would laugh and say, Teacher, it is because the bitch man sees a depressed mushroom at night. And my teacher, Miss Swan, would look at me and say, You a nasty boy. I had to drop out. But that wasn't the worst of it. I must warn you that if you hope for a jovial resolution to my tale, please read no further. I told my parents that I wouldn't be returning to school, and they blamed me for cursing our family with that damned copy of Super Mario Bros. 3. They told me that my brother and I were too young to handle a tale of a red man and his incestuous green brother, and that there was nothing hanging in our room at night other than an air of disappointment from the pair of them. Several sleepless nights later, my brother Engelbert and I, Lancelot, got into an argument because he said the Goomba was getting larger every time we tried to go to bed and it was starting to brush up against him as it swung. So he politely asked me to help him move his bed. I had had enough and said to him, the only thing getting larger in here is your ass, you dumb fuck. I pointed to the carrot sticks he had brought into the bedroom for a snack and whispered in his bulbous ear, a moment on the lips, a lifetime on the hips, and he gasped a surprise. Trying to rush out of the room, he knocked into my useless gimp arm, which caused me to drop the fudge bar I had taped to it. I was going to suck on that fudge for hours tonight, I roared. Then it blurted from me. A month's worth of sleepless nights that rattled from the chambers of my prepubescent lungs. This whole thing is your fault. You should have let me look away from the TV screen. He screeched and ran downstairs. I'm sleeping on the couch tonight, Lance. You're a miserable, desolate husk of the big brother I once knew. I loved you, he called from the doorway. I hate you, I shot back. And that was that. For the first night in weeks, I slept. The Goomba appeared not from the ceiling above me. Maybe it's over, I thought, as I drifted into an open-mouthed, drool-laden, wet-dream-filled sleep. I had not known that outburst would be the last interaction I would ever have with my brother. Just like that, he had vanished. The police canvassed the area and took interviews from neighbors, while my mother and father thanked those corrupt pigs at every opportunity, just like the obedient, boot-licking, blue-line-saluting citizens they had been brainwashed to be. Just like their fetishistic love for donuts, those badge-wearing frat boys left our family stale and with a hole in the middle. One where my brother used to be. The only good information they gave us shook me to my tight little core. The night Engelbert disappeared, the new family down the street had been up late trying to figure out why the goddamn handle on the garage door wasn't latching properly because their dad had woken everyone up to show them what happens when you buy a house using your mom's friend from high school instead of an experienced realtor. 
Anyway, the kids said they heard a muffled scream and went to the street just in time to see a small boy being carried tied up above the heads of his captors. When asked to describe the persons responsible for the kidnapping, the family only had one official description. They said that they looked exactly like chestnut people. I write this now not to atone for any sins or come clean about some secret that I never shared with my parents. I was just a kid back then. How could I have known that this video game, beloved by generations, would choose to destroy my family? To drive my mother into an endless search for the truth and to lead my father into the arms of his secretary for good? Or how honestly realistic those videos on the internet are about what happens with your stepmom when you turn 18 and your dad is away on a business trip? No, I share this with you as a plea to know once and for all if anyone has ever experienced the same terror and if you have found a way to rid it from your life. Because the swaying has returned. As I type this, I can see the shadow of the Uber Goomba swinging behind me, daring me to sleep. The only difference between this time and the last is that now, the rotting, stinking, flaccid mushroom head stares lifelessly at me with my brother's eyes. Help me. God, please, please help me. The end. Thank you.